Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of November 18th. In the news, Azerbaijani armed forces violate the ceasefire several times in Armenia and Artsakh. France's Senate adopts a resolution calling on the French government to sanction Azerbaijan for its aggression against Armenia and Artsakh. And Russian President Vladimir Putin will be in Armenia taking part in the summit of the leaders of CSTO member states next week. The speak Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire regime with Armenia and Artsakh on several occasions. Yesterday, an Armenian serviceman was wounded by Azerbaijani gunfire on the eastern part of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. His life is no longer in danger. Azerbaijan's defense ministry denied firing in the direction of Armenian military positions. Azerbaijani forces violated the ceasefire also on November 12, 13, and 14, firing in the direction of Armenian military positions on the eastern part of the border using different caliber firearms. The Armenian side did not report any casualties or wounded soldiers as a result of those incidents. At the same time, Baku um, continues to accuse Armenia of violating the ceasefire. And today, Azerbaijani armed forces fired at a tractor carrying out field work in Artsakh's Hatsi village. The farmer was not injured, but the tractor was damaged. On November 12, Azerbaijani armed forces had targeted a tractor in Artsakh's Khramort village. One person was wounded as a result of the incident, and the tractor was also damaged. While Azerbaijan has not commented on the incident, Russia's defense ministry reported about the ceasefire violation, announcing that the peacekeepers and Azerbaijani authorities are investigating the matter. Azerbaijani armed forces also fired in the direction of people, uh, you know, doing work in their fields on November 16 near the Sarushan village of Artsakh's Amaras region. Yesterday, Azerbaijan's defense ministry announced that it has deterred engineering works of the illegal military units in Gharabagh near the regions of Agdam and Khojalu. It has not specified what deterrence measures uh, it took. Artsakh's human rights defender Keram Stepania said this week that since November 10, 2020, this is when the 2020 Artsakh war ended, 18 people from Artsakh have been killed by Azerbaijani armed forces. This includes three civilians and 15 servicemen. On November 14, Ambassador-at-Large Edmond Marukian tweeted that the ceasefire violations by Azerbaijan are well documented by the European Monitoring Mission, adding that the mission will make it clear for the EU and others that the attacks are unprovoked and are well-planned terror by Azerbaijan towards the Armenian statehood. On November 16, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken urged Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev to maintain maintain the ceasefire and limit provocations during a telephone conversation. Blinken also called on Azerbaijan to explore confidence-building measures with Armenia to set the stage for peace. The day before, Blinken also spoke with Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, urging him to sustain momentum on peace negotiations between Azerbaijan and Armenia following the foreign minister's talk in Washington on November 7. According to Blinken, the United States remains committed to the peacemaking efforts. And French President Emmanuel Macron discussed the October 6 meeting in Prague between himself, Charles Michel, uh, Ilham Aliyev and uh, Nigol Pashinyan. Uh, with Aliyev, Macron reiterated his readiness to support Armenia and Azerbaijan in the normalization process, underscoring the stabilizing role that the EU monitoring mission in Armenia is playing. According to the Azerbaijani side, the call was initiated by President Macron. Meanwhile, on November 15, the French Senate adopted a resolution calling on the government to sanction Azerbaijan for its aggression against Armenia and nagorno karabakh The Senate also demanded that Azerbaijan withdraw its armed forces from 
from Armenia's territory and return the remaining Armenian POWs. The senators also reaffirmed the Senate's 2020 resolution calling on the French government to recognize Nagorno-Karabakh. It also called for guarantees that the status of the Lachin Corridor, which links the region with Armenia, remain unchanged. The French Senate also asked the French government to consider the issue of setting up a humanitarian office in uh, Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, as well as to, quote, show Paris's support to Yerevan by all means, considering the strengthening of Armenia's defense capabilities. Azerbaijan's foreign ministry condemned the resolution, announcing that it proves the bias of France towards Armenia. The ministry called the resolution defamatory and a blatant provocation. It also underscored that Karabakh is an internationally recognized part of Azerbaijan and that the security and rights of the Armenians living there are Azerbaijan's domestic issues. The debate on the resolution in the French Senate was accompanied by a protest organized by representatives of the local Azerbaijani community. The Artsakh authorities welcomed the resolution, and also a, a group of Artsakh Armenians organized a rally in front of the French embassy in Yerevan on November 15 in support of the French Senate's move. This week, the U.S. OSCE Minsk Group co-chair, Philip Rieker, who generally is referred to by his other title in official statements, which is senior advisor to the U.S. Secretary of State for Negotiations in the Caucasus, announced at a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on the U.S. policy in the Caucasus that the mechanism of the OSCE Minsk Group is no longer functioning and that Washington is engaged in the peaceful settlement between Army and Azerbaijan only through interacting directly with Yerevan and Baku. Rieker noted that although the Minsk Group has ceased to function, its mandate remains and is quite useful. These are his words. He also said that he remains in very close contact with his French counterpart, with the EU, with other stakeholders, and with the OSC. At the same hearing, Karen Domfried, Assistant Secretary of State for European Affairs, announced that Armenia and Azerbaijan have a historic opportunity to secure a lasting peace to a conflict that was triggered during the fall of the Soviet Union and has lasted for more than 30 years. She noted that the U.S. continues to encourage Azerbaijan and Armenia to maintain momentum for negotiations and that Washington is doing so in close coordination with the EU and other partners. In this vein, she welcomed uh, the the Turkish-Armenian normalization dialogue, noting that Washington has let both sides know that the U.S. wants to play a helpful role. According to the American diplomat, the Armenia-Turkey dialogue process has the potential to increase regional stability, deter malign influence, and lead to greater economic development. During the same hearing, Senator Robert Menendez, chair of the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, brought up U.S. aid to Azerbaijan. He asked why the U.S. continues to provide military support to Azerbaijan even after the 44-day war and whether the State Department was sure that this aid was not directed against Armenia. In response, Karen Domfried uh, assured that only defense systems are provided to Azerbaijan that cannot be used against Armenia. And asked about the humanitarian assistance provided to Nagorno-Karabakh and about what was being done for the Armenians affected by the war, Rika replied that American government officials or humanitarian missions have extremely limited access to Nagorno-Karabakh. He noted that even he was not able to visit Stepanagert 
in the past few months. And this week, Igor Khovaev, the Russian OSCE Men's Group co-chair, also bearing the title of the Special Representative of the Russian Foreign Ministry on supporting the normalization of relations between Army and Azerbaijan, was in Yerevan, where he met with Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Foreign Minister Arat Mizoyan, and Secretary of Security Council Armen Grigoryan. Pashinyan told the Russian envoy that, as he has already publicly announced, Armenia supports the proposals presented by the Russian side, which can form the basis for further negotiations on the settlement of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Pashinyan and Khovaev also discussed the results of the trilateral meeting of the leaders of Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan that took place in Sochi on October 31, the process of the settlement of Armenia-Azerbaijani relations and the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. During the meeting with Khovaev, Foreign Minister Ad Mirzoyan emphasized the importance of the commitment of the sides to refrain from the use of force or threat of use of force, as it was mentioned in the October 31 Sochi statement. Mirzoyan noted that Azerbaijan, with its aggressive behavior and maximalist aspirations, continues to obstruct the establishment of sustainable and lasting peace in the region. Ad Mirzoyan and Igor Khovaev also discussed the border delimitation process between Armenia and Azerbaijan as well as the unblocking of transport infrastructures in the region. And more in diplomatic news, on November 16, U.S. Major General Daniel Lassica, Director for Strategy, Plans and Policy, United States European Command, arrived in Yerevan where he met uh, Armenia's Defense Minister Suren Babikian, Chief of the General Staff Edward Asarian, and Secretary of the Security Council Armen Grigorian. The U.S. military official and the Armenian officials discussed the efforts implemented by the Armenian government in the direction of structural and substantive reforms of the Armenian armed forces, as well as issues related to bilateral cooperation in the defense sphere. Daniel Lesika also participated in a dedication ceremony to mark the completion of a new barracks dining facility and conference room funded by the United States at the Tsar Peacekeeping Training Center. Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan was also present during the ceremony. Also this week, a delegation of special envoys of the EU and EU member states for the Eastern Partnership uh, was in Yerevan. The delegation was received by the Prime Minister and the Foreign Minister. Armenia-EU bilateral cooperation agenda and the implementation process of the Comprehensive and Enhanced Partnership Agreement, SIPA, as well as the implementation of the 2.6 billion euro economic and investment package allocated by the EU to Armenia were discussed during those meetings. The expansion of Armenia-EU cooperation in economy, trade, investments, energy, and other areas uh, were also discussed. Pashinyan presented to the EU delegates the position of the Armenian side regarding the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict and the normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan. The activity of the EU monitoring mission in Armenia and its role in strengthening stability and security were emphasized. The delimitation and border security between Armenia and Azerbaijan, the processes taking place in the region, as well as Armenia Turkey dialogue were also touched upon. After Yerevan, the EU special envoys traveled to Baku, where they met President Ilham Aliyev. This week, Armenia again abstained during a voting at the UN General Assembly, which adopted a resolution on mechanisms aimed at helping Ukraine overcome the consequences of the war, along with Armenia, 73 other countries also abstained. 
Last week, we reported that Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan was in Paris for an official visit. During the visit, Mirzoyan met with his French counterpart, Catherine Colonna. The sides discussed Armenia-French cooperation. Mirzoyan briefed Colonna on the recent developments regarding the peace treaty between Armenia and Azerbaijan, the position of the Armenian side on the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, the border delimitation process between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the unblocking of transport infrastructures in the region. Both sides highlighted the importance of the statement adopted following the quadrilateral meeting held in Prague on October 6. The activities of the EU monitoring mission in Armenia and the OSCE needs assessment mission were also discussed during the meeting. And Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan had a phone conversation with uh, Russia's Foreign Affairs Minister, Sergei Lavrov. The Foreign Ministers discussed the agenda topics of the meeting of the Council of Foreign Ministers of the CSTO, this is the Collective Security Treaty Organization, to be held in Yerevan on November 22, and the issues regarding the summit of the leaders of the CSTO member states. Lavrov will be in Yerevan on November 22-23 together with Russia's President Vladimir Putin to participate in the CSTO gatherings. And just today, the CSTO press office issued a release according to which one of the most important issues to be discussed will be the improvement of the CSTO crisis response mechanisms and the joint measures to provide assistance to Armenia. On November 17, President Putin held a phone conversation with his Azerbaijani counterpart, Ilham Aliyev. According to both sides, issues related to Russian-Azerbaijani cooperation in trade, economic, and energy spheres were discussed. Before the phone call, Ilham Aliyev told the special envoys of the EU and EU member states for the Eastern Partnership that Baku is not ready to discuss the Armenians living in Karabakh, neither with Yerevan nor with Ruben Vartanian, sent from Moscow with a certain agenda. These are his words. Aliyev noted that Baku will engage in dialogue with the Karabakh Armenians directly. Ruben Vartanian, who was appointed Nagorno-Karabakh State Minister on November 1, welcomed Aliyev's desire to start direct dialogue with Karabakh, but called for a more constructive tone regarding his persona. According to Vartanian, he fully complies with the criteria of a negotiator put forward by Aliyev as he lives in Karabakh and wants to continue living there. Today, Artsakh's Foreign Minister David Babayan told Azad Utyun that Stepanaket will not engage in direct talks with Baku, but will do so only under the auspices of an international framework. According to Babayan, the OSC Minsk Group format can also be used for talks between Stepanakert and Baku. Babayan also noted that Stepanakert has not decided who will negotiate on behalf of Artsakh because there is no Baku-Stepanakert dialogue format yet. And returning back to Armenia, the Armenian parliamentary opposition uh, returned to the National Assembly this week for um, the regular session. The opposition had been boycotting parliament sessions since April of this year. Armenia Alliance uh, MP Arvan Vartanian announced that the opposition was boycotting these sessions because they were fighting against the government on the streets. Now they have taken a break from street protests and will fully utilize their parliamentary mandates. According to Vartanian, the opposition returned to parliament with the agenda that concerns the peoples of Artsakh and Armenia. 
Having said this, the opposition parliament members did not participate in the discussions of the 2023 budget. They left without any explanation when the discussions started. During the budget discussions, Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grikolian announced that next year's budget is hinged on four main priorities, namely security, infrastructure, social services, and modernization of education and sciences. The discussions of the budget in parliament will continue. Parliament adopted uh, this week the state program on the development of of education until 2030. Varam Dumanian, the Minister of Education, Science, Culture and Sport, said that the program will guide and coordinate the sector's future reforms and development programs. The program's main strategic directions are universal uh, inclusiveness, learning-focused educational environment, and increasing uh, the effectiveness of the education um, sector. During the question and answer session, Prime Minister Pashinyan spoke about the peace treaty which Armenia and Azerbaijan intend to sign until the end of this year. The Prime Minister stated that Armenia proposes to sign a framework agreement with Azerbaijan which entails establishing the main principles of the peace treaty without going into detail. According to Pashinyan, Armenia will encounter problems if it agrees to sign a detailed peace treaty. Speaking about separating the Nagorno-Karabakh issue from the Armenia-Azerbaijan normalization process, Pashinyan stated that changing the issue from the final status of Artsakh to the rights and security of the Artsakh Armenians was based on the Russian plan of the peace treaty, which Armenia accepted. He also noted that there is a general consensus on the Artsakh issue among the Armenian authorities, the opposition, and the authorities in Artsakh. The Prime Minister also announced that Armenia has handed over a text for the peace treaty to Azerbaijan in Washington, which is where the foreign ministers of the two countries met on November 7 and expects Baku's response. As a reminder, the Russian approach to the Armenia-Azerbaijan peace treaty stipulates including a clause which would delay the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict to sometime in the future without setting any kind of deadline or timeline. And Pashinyan also said that it is not realistic that Armenia and Azerbaijan will conclude the border demarcation and delimitation works until the signing of the peace treaty or its coming into force. Armenia had proposed to demarcate the border before signing the peace treaty to ensure stability on the border. According to the Prime Minister, as an alternative, the Armenian side has suggested or is suggesting withdrawing troops from the border, which should be defined as the 1990 border, creating a, a monitoring mechanism, uh, not having troops in the border area at all, handing over that entire area to the border guard service, um, sort of fixing an approximate border line and starting the delimitation under more stable conditions. He added that demarcation and delimitation, this process can take many, many years. And in other news, during the cabinet meeting on November 17, the Armenian government adopted a draft law to introduce universal income declarations for individuals. The bill proposes to implement the declaration system over three years starting in 2023. The government also decided to provide social support uh, in the amount of 500,000 Armenian dirhams. This is approximately 1,250 U.S. dollars to soldiers who were wounded or sustained mental uh, psychological trauma as a result of the Azerbaijani attack on Armenia uh, on September 13-14 of this year. On November 15, a 20-year-old Armenian conscript serviceman was shot to death by another serviceman. An investigation has been launched to clarify the circumstances of 
the incident and following day a military vehicle overturned resulting in the death of one serviceman seven other sustained injuries an investigation again has been launched to clarify the circumstances of the incident this week the armenian assurance foundation for servicemen um, paid out compensation to the uh, families of another 51 soldiers who were killed or went missing during the september 13-14 azerbaijani attack so far the government has compensated the families of 144 soldiers as a reminder after the september offensive the armenian side reported 210 dead and missing soldiers Former Yervan mayor Gagik Beklarian is facing new criminal charges and is under criminal prosecution. This time he is accused of illegally obtaining over 20 properties, most of them in Yerevan. According to the prosecutor's office, Beklarian obtained the properties between 2000 and 2010 when he served as the head of Yerevan's center district and then as Yerevan mayor. In 2020, Beklarian was accused of appropriating um, a kindergarten building worth 230 million Armenian dirhams. Last year, Beklarian was granted bail for 100,000 U.S. dollars when he returned to Armenia. And Armen Ashotian, the vice president of the Republican Party of Armenia and former minister of education, is also facing criminal charges for abuse of power. He is not allowed to leave the country. Ashotian de- denies the accusations against him, calling them fake. This week, Armenia's National Security Service uh, revealed uh, yet another espionage case, an Armenian serviceman from the reserve troops who had been called uh, up to participate in the reserve training uh, from August to November of last year in 2021, was recruited by foreign agents through social media. He passed on information regarding his military position, the personnel and military equipment to the foreign agent in exchange for her nude photos. He is under arrest while the preliminary investigation continues. And four army officials, including a commander of a military unit, have been detained on corruption charges. According to the Anti-Corruption Committee, three of the officials cooperated in securing a promotion for the fourth official, receiving bribes in return. The preliminary investigation is ongoing. In other news, Azerbaijan's vice president, Meriban Alieva, who is also the wife of President Ilham Aliyev, has stepped down from her role as a UNESCO goodwill ambassador. According to Azerbaijani media reports, she is busy with the reconstruction of the, quote, liberated territories and cannot fulfill her duties as goodwill ambassador. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we will be back again next week.